peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. And welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast. We're going to bring you a fun one, another conversational uh, type podcast. We got a lot of good feedback from that, um, but we are actually bringing on an extra guest. All right. So it's not just Christian. It is now going to be Emil. Hello. Hello. We have the beautiful registered dietitian, Brooke. And if you guys had a camera on us right now, you would have seen her do her little hand underneath her chin and tuck the, tuck, <laughs> tilt the head, the little cute thing. So, but today we're bringing, you know, going to talk, you know, it's my, uh, I'm out here again for another month. I'm excited about it. Seems like we're getting into a routine out here and it's fun. It, yeah. It's always great to have you here. Thank you. It's been fun. But what I want to talk about today, actually, first off, is a meal and the project that Softlead and Ubisoft, is how we say it? Uh, <laughs> you know, I guess it depends on where you are geographically. Yes, technically, they like to say Ubisoft. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and just let you keep it that way. It is a French company. It's a, well, we just got to partner with you guys. Indeed. Um, and be a part of the Ghost Recon Breaking Point video game that uh, all the gamers like to enjoy playing. You sound like my dad when he tries to talk about video games. Oh, the <laughs> Ghost Recon Breaking Point. Or when they when they talk about, my mom always says, Huntington Beach. Let's go to Huntington Beach. <laughs> Sorry for pronouncy. <laughs> we'll let it slide this time. Right. Well, so the cool thing about that, you know, was that hmm. we were able to get our shirt and logo on the main yep. guy. Yep. Um, and the main guy was John Bartha. Did I say that right? Bartar? Uh, uh, John Bernthal. No, so John, John Bernthal actually played the uh, the antagonist. He's the main bad guy oh. in the game. Uh, your main character is Nomad, a ghost, the group for special tactics, a fictional tier one level sort of operator asset. Um, and in this game, you are a large contingent of your ghosts are sent to this mysterious island that's been used for a development of AI and drone technology and has gone dark on communications. And so the ghosts are sent in to investigate, not really knowing why. And then of course their helicopters are attacked en route. So you wake up as the main character surviving a helicopter crash. As far as you know, everybody's dead uh, and you have to sort of navigate your way through this interesting Island and shoot stuff. And you know, you get to play cool guy operator. Yeah. And you know, one of the perks is of course that you can unlock a softly t-shirt pretty early in the game, which is super cool. So let's go ahead and reverse. You are one of the writers yep. for the video game. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was brought on as a content writer and because of my background in special forces as a green beret, uh, my role quickly evolved into technical advisor also on the project. So I was writing script and dialogue, and then I was working with all of the different departments to work on military authenticity and particular from the sort of special forces perspective to help bring a little bit more of a, a feeling of authenticity and realism into the experience. Oh, huh, that's pretty dope. Brooke, you play any video games as growing up as a kid? Absolutely not. No? Do I look Lies. like a video game person? Yes, I mean, you do. You, yeah. I was like paper dolls <laughs> and I read a lot. <laughs> I wish I could say those things. I did not start reading until now. <laughs> Wait, you guys you? know how to read? You know, <laughs> man, like I... It, like there was a period of a few years where I played a lot of Call of Duty and like Halo and stuff like that, but it wasn't anything that I really dedicated a lot of time to. 
it, you know, I was lifting weights and stuff like that. Wait, yeah. wait, you were lifting weights? I know it's fucking Get crazy. Here. I mean, so that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I enjoyed playing Silent Hill video games. So like first person, like shooter type, like those kinds of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Resident Evil. Well, you know, honestly, I hadn't played a video game in like twenty years, and I my educational background was in drama theory and screenwriting. And my first real job after graduate, I mean, I waited till I was very old to get an undergrad degree uh, because of the military and just right place, right time and knowing the right people. I, I was fortunate. I had the opportunity to come on board in this game and I sort of rediscovered a love of video games. Like I had no idea how cool games had become, like just how immersive and cinematic they'd become. Hmm. Uh, yeah. The, the advances in, in AI technology and the coding and the programming, I mean, these experiences are so immersive they create these amazing worlds i mean honestly you're limited only by your imagination when you're creating yeah, no shit. you can do anything you can be anything and these games really let you kind of explore different facets of that hmm. and then ghost recon really builds on like the, the special operator fantasy uh gives you this you know the context of this super tense situation you know sort of ambiguous circumstances no real intel you don't know what's going on you just gotta like rely on your cool guy operator skills to survive the world so it's you know it, it gives people the opportunity to engage with a fantasy yeah and you know the operator fantasy is legit i mean obviously a good number of us in this room felt the, the drive <laughs> to pursue that fantasy to the extent that we joined the military yeah. so we could do it uh and it does give people a little taste i mean obviously you can never recreate sort of real combat stress yeah. But you can definitely create very cool scenarios in a video game that let you use tactical thinking and planning and kind of engage enemies. That gets super cool. So I, I, again, was super lucky, you know, getting the opportunity to write for games and sort of getting my foot in the door in game writing. And now it's, just, I mean, it's a blast. And that's the cool thing about this, though, is like I, the environment aspect. I remember being a kid and when the first like the Silent Hill games would come out and everything else like that, I remember waiting till like 10 o'clock at nighttime to turn all my lights off and turn the video game on and, and get really deep into this character's position and oh, mindset yeah. when I'm running through and searching for my daughter. I'm searching for my daughter because she got kidnapped by our, by this like magic fucking our creature that is now producing zombies. And now I have to go and search for my daughter throughout this whole screenplay and you know, you have multiple different, you know, approaches in like how you, how you approach this, this, problem right and that's the cool thing about it is like you, the way you brought that because i don't play video games anymore honestly I, it's not uh, a thing for me and i'm pretty sure all of us in here except for you i think play more <laughs> video games than any of us in the whole year but it does bring that experience right oh yeah and and for someone like yourself it's one thing we were big here right is like never a studio gangster like i, I like saying that it was never a studio gangster right things that we are producing and doing now is because we've done it previously and we're only using our experiences to go ahead and bring that full circle and yeah, go ahead and yeah. let you guys utilize that, right? So it's cool that you're in that position now. It is. It's a lot of fun because I, you know, I've also got to bring a lot of my experience in the military to bear, like on this project. So there's a lot of me in the game and a lot of like, you know, people that I've served with. You know, a lot of I, I drew from a lot of like stories and experiences that I had had just to try to to build a little bit more realism into it, and even just sort of culturally speaking, like helping give the characters in the game a little bit more like depth as like operator types was a, a cool thing that hadn't really happened in that franchise in the past quite as much. Uh, we had a really uh, a good team of consultants, uh, SEALs and military intel and a French SAS guy. Like we had a good core group of consultants that all worked on like helping develop the details of the game so that it, it feels like, you know, kind of a real experience. 
So that's that's a, a cool thing right there because a lot of the guys that are writing these screenplays actually came in during a time period of war. Yeah. Right? Of really experiencing what it is like to be in a war setting, being shot at, having to patrol, having to go ahead and do those type, type things. And to bring it into a video game now for everyone to experience, I think is actually is a blessing, right? Yeah. We're utilizing technology to go ahead and give an experience to someone in a safer way. Yeah. Well, you know, we have an unprecedented number of combat veterans in our sort of in American society today. It's it's kind of, you know, horrifying and amazing all at the same time, you know. Uh, and the reality is that a lot of those veterans are coming out with interests in in the arts and whether it's sort of writing or visual arts. You've got a lot of people pursuing those, like those kind of Expressing themselves. Yeah, in absolutely. Way. And you see and feel their experience in the work they're producing, you know, whether it's writing a screenplay or whether it's painting or sculpture. Uh, and you've got so many really talented people that are finding a voice in the arts that have survived combat experiences. Uh, and I, I think it definitely opens the door to like a new level of entertainment oh. that really wasn't available before because you just didn't have the number of people immersing those experiences and then drawing on those experiences to create art. So it, it's, it's kind of a cool time. It's pretty badass. And, and the reason we got to do that, and we actually, I met Emil for the first time in New York, just <laughs> about what, when the last time we we're out here doing the podcast though, because we got to do one of the launches for us, um, up there. And what was cool that you guys wanted to do was bring soft lead in because of the human performance aspect. And we wanted to bring Brooke down to, you to talk about the nutrition stuff, but they're like, Hey, let's just keep it easy, straight to the point, which I, I really do believe that Brooke, like I, I, when we go to look at the gaming community, right, there's nothing wrong with playing video games. There's nothing wrong with it. It's when it becomes too much and you start doing other bad things, right? Connections and stuff start falling apart. You start gaining weight because you want to eat fucking Cheetos while you're playing. Video I remember playing silent night, silent Hill at nighttime, drinking a fucking soda, Oh, with yeah. hot Cheetos and playing a video game. Like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, <laughs> so it kind of comes down to like, okay, well, can we bring, you know, health and wellness to the gaming community? Fuck yeah, we can. Yeah, Dude, we, absolutely. And that's what we did, right? We brought health and wellness to the gaming community. Yeah. And all these individuals that came to us, some of them were like your YouTube fucking whatever else, but they- That was funny to watch was the influencers on YouTube. Yeah. That- it cracked me up. And it's funny because these guys come in and these, and these females come in and nothing against them. They're awesome. Love them to death. They're, they're super cool, right? They were respectful to us and respectful. But one thing I did notice, and this is me just being honest, was the fact that, that the ego of what they did, they put in front of themselves when they walked into the gym to try what we were doing. Oh, you mean like the fitness influencers? The influence. The, the people fitness, that came with a background With the fitness, background in yeah. fitness, let their ego come in and kind of guide the, their experience. And the reason why I bring that up is because I saw uh, one of the YouTube videos and it, it didn't it didn't express the real story of what he went through. Mm -hmm. Why not? Um, it, it's but the cool thing though is the individuals that were there that were gamers. Yeah, fucking loved it. <laughs> That's loved awesome. It. Some of them didn't do the workout; they just watched. You're like, I'm not ready for that. And we scaled, and we had one guy come in. And yep. He he actually lives out here. He's actually works out here once in a while, and everything else. I think he's become a good friend of ours. And yeah, he never worked out in his life, gamer, and he. Came to the workout. I was like, hey, bro, you can do the workout today. I'll scale it down to your scale level or your skill level. And he was like, okay, cool. He did it. He did the first two workouts. Yeah. Yeah. And he trooped it through. He, he trooped did. it through. But I was able to be a professional and be like, all right, you're done, brother. <laughs> Go sit down and stretch out. The next day he was fine. Yeah. He went to dinner with us. He hung out and we did all those cool things. And now he works out at his house following the basic team on the app. Yep. That's at his so house. Cool. Like I had yeah. dinner with him last night and we were talking and everything else like that. And he was like, yeah, dude, I still do some of that. I do all of that at home. And, and you know, and I was like, that's rad. And that right there is 
the connection of like how we build, you know, and help others out when we talk about the community aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Well, you know, bringing Softlead into that project was a great opportunity for me because you know I've I've known the Softlead crew for a while now. Uh, went through training with Doug fifteen years ago. You know, I've known the guy forever, and uh, one of the first things that I wanted to do when I came on board with Ghost Recon was to find ways to bring other sort of veteran entities into the project, whether it was by providing, you know, access or to a logo or, or just having other people sort of available as consultants. And uh, what's great with bringing Softlead into this is that it, it illustrates the level of sort of training required for, you know, people to live as operators. Living the experience isn't just about shooting the guns, you know, it's, isn't it just about like wearing the cool kit and the cry helmets and all that, you know, it's about actually embodying the lifestyle and bringing Softly in gave us the opportunity to sort of expose gamers and players to like the behind the scenes elements of becoming an operator. You know, it's not just having the coolest kit. It's like, man, training, like a yeah. lifetime of fitness and nutrition and training. And it's just, you know, people have the opportunity now to, to, to search softly. They'll come across a t-shirt, be like, oh, what's that? They Google search it and it pops up this whole fitness lifestyle surrounding the operator sort of mystique. And so it just exposes more people to the the sort of training and the and the commitment to like fitness and health and wellness that is essential to be a special operator, which is an aspect that people don't typically get exposed to yeah. uh, when they're in, you know playing the fantasy. So like that was it, part of my agenda early on was finding ways to bring Softlead on board just because I knew the exposure would be really, really great not only for the players, but for Softweed as well. I love it. I'm going to go way off the wall here. Oh, man. I love when George does this. <laughs> I don't like how you're looking at me, George. <laughs> I do. So, for example, right, this gamer, follow me here. I'll, I'll, <laughs> this gamer, right, is unhealthy, playing Ghost Recon. We'll sees, call him RJ. RJ. He sees the, the Softweed shirt. And he's like, oh, what's Softweed? Okay, cool, Softweed. Oh, I'm going to go check it out. Oh, it's a t-shirt. I'm going to buy their shirt. Oh, yeah, they have supplements and they have a fitness program. Cool. Now, what you did for us and what we did for you guys, because it, it was a shared mutual respect, was we opened the door for an individual now to go ahead and put themselves in, a, in, in that situation or in that, in that person's body in the video game. Because gamers get like that, right? Gamers are like, I need to go ahead oh, yeah. and immerse myself into this experience. What you did was you tied it to a real life experience now and being like, if you're going to play Ghost Recon and you were that person maybe I should live that lifestyle as well because it might improve my gaming. Yeah, absolutely. Am I right or wrong there, right? What is what is eating a healthy diet do for you mentally and physically? It definitely makes you a better gamer. And I understand that gaming is at nighttime a lot of the times. Guess what? We work with tactical athletes and LEO firefighter dudes that have to work night shifts. We can help also in that realm of how do we approach a gaming shift? Yeah, right. Do you see what I'm doing there? Yeah. Like, I'm just all I'm doing is connecting dots right now and being like, we're just bringing it full circle. Yeah. Well, again, the nice thing is that it, it really gives people a chance to immerse themselves deeper in the fantasy because they can really adopt the lifestyle. Uh -huh. And that's a huge thing. And if nothing else, it exposes people to fitness programs that are accessible and available and easy to follow, you know, because they're supported by content and a staff of people that are dedicated and passionate about what they're doing. So that's. You know, it's it's one-stop shopping for, like, tactical fantasies and fitness yeah. and wellness. And it all ties together. I mean, people that play Ghost Recon tend to love the fantasy of the special operator. I mean, rightfully so. That's that's why you play it. And So gi giving people the opportunity to, to immerse themselves in that lifestyle also was a lot of fun. 
it also brings me to this too, and I think you guys will laugh about it, right? When we were there in New York talking to these individuals, I broke it down for them. And I was like, hey, you have a rate increase of heart rate, which gets you warmed up. And you got time and threshold, which is your resistance training, all the training you're following. And then you have rate of recovery. How fast can I get into a recovery phase after my time and threshold? And then time and threshold and how much effort you put into it, it's going to dictate how far you fall into the ex exhaustion phase. And then you get back into the recovery phase. And for the nerds out there, I'm talking about the general adaptation syndrome. Um, but taking that and actually now implementing it into a gaming approach. So if I have a, I got to work, I got to do time and threshold as my video game time. Maybe I should be doing some kind of neurological hand eye coordination warm ups before I go into the video game. So it now just increases my speed and everything else like that. And then when I get done with the video game, it's like, damn it, George, keep your science out of my art. <laughs> and then when said this done, to you last night, when you're done with your video game, you now understand rate of recovery. Now you can go to do some down regulation stuff from keeping your eyes on the video. Cause again, all that blue light's not good for you. But if we can go ahead and give them fucking pieces to help optimize their health and wellness to continue playing what they do love playing, yep. why the fuck? But you, you know, Sam, like I took the human performance side and just put it into the gaming aspect from a neurological idea. I mean, well, the more people I'm exposed to in media, video games, who are like in shape and, you know, people that I would look up to and like to be, that makes me feel better. But I think the step in between seeing that and taking action yourself is being convinced that it is possible to pick yourself up off the couch and become that. Well, guys, Does that bear, make sense? Yeah. You know, yeah. bear in mind that. A lot of gamers that are really into these sort of first-person shooters, they don't just play games. You know, like they they're cosplay yeah. people and they're furries. and they're and they're airsofters and like you know they they live the fantasy like you 100%. know hundred percent and it's pretty legit and I, I was impressed with how many people I came across at a lot of these different events when we were promoting the the launch of the game. How many people were like pretty fit and strong and like, you know, were really immersed in, in the world of like spec ops fantasies, you know, uh, and softly training is great for them. I mean, like airsoft guys carry the same amount of kit that we do on missions, you know, like, they're, like it's pretty legit, you know, and their tactics are sound and like they they know what they're doing uh, and training like softly offers it just sort of can help them also and ties them into the community, you know, so it's it's interesting because you, you have this sort of juxtaposition of the, the, the quintessential gamer image, you know, the, the person that people think is out of shape yeah. or, or is lazy and just plays. And the, the reality is like kind of the opposite of that. Oh. You've got people that are super fit, super motivated. They're driven, you know, they work jobs, they're educated. Gaming is an escape, a release. And if it's something as immersive as like a, a special operations fantasy and they're living the airsoft life and they're training and, you know, it's, it's tying the whole fantasy together and it's, it was interesting for me to see just the the variety of like people that really engage with these games. Like it, it you know, runs the spectrum. It, it does. It really it, does. It was really cool. And honestly, like the events that we did, some of the really big ones. Uh, you know, we did a big uh, GameStop managers show in Nashville a few months ago. You know, five thousand store managers from GameStops all over the country, and man, like all kinds of people. And a fair number of them were just like super military enthusiasts like really you know i got to talk to a lot of people who were stoked to talk to me about like my experiences in sf and with creating the game i mean you've got people that are legit you know like they That's train badass. they work out you know they're into the lifestyle and they play the games uh and they were really excited about softly you know i, I definitely got asked a few times people were like what is, what is this thing i found in the game I'm like ah oh, 
let me tell you about that. <laughs> that's, that's cool, yeah, man. Yeah, it was a lot, it was a lot <laughs> that's of fun. Really cool. it, it was really cool. Just being able to bring the Softly brand into the game and sort of broaden the exposure of both Ghost Recon within that community and then Softly within the gaming community was was just was cool. epic. Was just super cool. Yeah, it, it really brought a lot of uh, a lot of love for my uh, for like what we're doing here at Softly, yeah. right? Like not just for the company, but in, on an individual basis. Like Brooke, if you were if you would have been there in person, you would have seen like, wow, this is really really powerful, right? Same thing with UC. Like you would have seen that, and it would have been boom, right? And it's it's cool to be able to connect all those dots now and be able to like, okay, cool. You said what's that piece missing, right? We just said it. We Emil, fucking. Put softly in that piece, literally. Oh yeah, literally. That's what happened. Well, I I begged and pleaded until they, you know, allowed. <laughs> you did. You, <laughs> the groveling. You, you did oh, what a very spe uh, special operations guy would do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How, how much begging did that take? <laughs> a significant amount. No, they were actually really excited about it. You know, like I had to pitch the idea with the core team, uh, and I was like, hey guys, you know, this this company is really sort of prominent within the special operations community. They're recognized. Their logo is super cool. It'll definitely fit with the theme of the game. And they were actually excited, which is why they they got excited about bringing Softly personnel into some of the launch events and the promotional events because it was a cool opportunity for like the core team and the developers to engage with like soft types outside of the bridge that gap yeah and outside of like their usual circles like they've mm -hmm. got their consultants they've worked with for years but they don't really get exposure to like the real community and i started bringing all kinds of people around and they were like oh this is so cool we're making a special operations game and these guys are real uh yeah so it definitely took some you know some finagling some begging uh, but they they were pretty happy to to you know acquiesce when I was like hey here's a good thing here's why it's a good thing and it really I mean it, it worked out for everyone like it really was a, a mutually beneficial relationship that definitely. is blossoming definitely no it, blossoming it was awesome it was just it was just a cool experience to go ahead and be a part of and it was just something that had on top of my head that I wanted to debrief just because of the fact of like after the past six weeks I've been able to like draw those connections right yeah. of being like wow no Emil literally built the bridge for that gap. Like you literally we, did. Did we even officially say that? Not yet. Oh, okay. I was going to wait for oh, it, but yes, go, go for, for it. it. No, you go for it first. That's all you, bro. I don't even know what you're going to say, so go for it. <laughs> that, <laughs> that you're officially part of the oh, Softly yep. family now. Yep. Yes. Yes. I. <laughs> yes. No, I am. I have come on board uh, full time with the Softly family to help with, with video content and uh, story creating pretty and much. story creating and, and shenanigans, which. You know, I excel at creating shenanigans. Her cup runneth over. And I was, a, I, was a, I was a dick. I didn't introduce Corey. He's not on microphone. But we're probably going to do a show with him also just because he's in a metal band, a gnarly one that's really cool. And <laughs> I think awesome. a lot of people who follow us on the performance podcast enjoys metal. And he's actually a fit fucking dude. And I wanted to go ahead and, and talk about that during this. We'll leave that for another time while we're here. I saw him no shit do like 30 ring pull-ups. Just in his normal street clothes the other day. So it, I'm sorry. Like, Son well, of a I'm going to save all the stories for him. But I, <laughs> it just brought back childhood memories because I was he like. He doesn't even have a mic to defend he himself. He can't at all. If you want to say something for <laughs> you can just come on over here as he's shaking his head. But you guys will. He, it was funny. You know, one thing I enjoy about the two of you guys already is we brought these two guys on and one's balances. He's like, well, maybe we want to pump the brakes there. And then we got a meal. He's like, it's full charge right now. <laughs> so, but no, like it, there's a lot of cool things coming on right now. And, you know, we talked about the app in the last uh, conversational podcast that we're doing and, and we're excited that it's coming And a lot of cool things are coming from it in terms of 
not just content, but like, you know, how, how much action it's going to provide for people, right? And how simple it's going to be for the user. And that's something that I never thought about. I was like, oh man, I'm doing all this backend stuff that's super fucking complicated and making my head hurt. And But then <laughs> the user's head doesn't hurt. Then the user's head doesn't hurt. It's like, all right, this is cool. We're taking on all the headaches now for you. Well, and so this goes on to Brooke. Like we were talking about it because I'm not going to lie. Well, I'm not, I don't mind talking about it. Like we had to help, you know, the SPS score, right? The softly performance score, what we're going to be creating. Um, it takes a lot of stuff to, to put it together in the back. And I'm not going to talk about what you're going to be utilizing. I want to save that for the users. But when we start talking about the nutrition side of app, of the logic flows, we, both of us were like, dude, are you having to like break these logic flows down into like legit exercise science approaches from like what you've learned from school and actually have to utilize these formulas? Remember we talked a little bit about, we didn't go that deep, but it's just to give the user, the, the listener an idea. And you're like, yeah, dude, and I was like, I'm doing the hydration stuff right now. I'm not, I'm not just taking like your weight and your effort. I'm like taking in multiple variables and you know how hard that is? I was like, no, I don't. And I can imagine though, like, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's talk a little about that of like, you know, that's. Well, what's happening is in my profession as a dietitian, we're taught to work with individual clients or we're taught to work with a community and a group of people. It's extremely hard to deliver individualized, customized experience and be a coach to thousands of people. So I'm trying to figure out how to make a computer think like my brain and give everyone the perfect answer for everything. Can, can I ask one question? The softly performance 42. You're looking at me like that. Again. <laughs> um, the softly performance score as, as I understand it, this is going to be a comprehensive tool. Like there are a lot of ways to measure your strength and endurance, you know, like, People do it in specialized sports all the time, but is this going to be the first comprehensive measurement for full body health and, and performance? Is is that kind of the objective? It's definitely going to be a very unique too softly. There's a it's not it's being created. Yeah. Does yeah, that make there's sense? a lot of there's a lot of back end variables that you're talking about that you're yeah. asking. Mm-hmm that are going to be very, very important to help get those answers. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, it's pretty simple. I'm not going to lie to you. Like as complex as it is, it's actually pretty simple. You know, when we, when we talk about in terms of relative strength numbers, standards, relative endurance standard numbers, not just for the male, but for the female. Okay. How about age groups and what's these numbers? And then all of a sudden that kind of puts us in position to kind of like, okay, cool. These are the ranges that we're looking at and how we approach it. And then we talk about, you know, the idea of just following the training programs, yeah. right? From the nutritional side point and the human performance or the, the performance side point, uh, side, you know? So it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, well, yeah. Well, we talked about this this morning when yeah. we grabbed coffee is I like to think of health as a Rubik's cube and there's all these different sides and dimensions. And when you tweak one thing, whether that's your training and this physical health aspect, or maybe it's this emotional health or it's vocational or social. When you shift something, it shift, it can shift everything. Mm -hmm. And so it's trying to figure out a way where it, with this score, basically all these different aspects of health, how can we decide we're trying to put numbers on all these different variables. So it is like, it's hard in a way, way, right? So it's kind of where it's, doing that. And then we talked about the, the, like, what do we look at health and wellness and what's going to promote that? We talked about what are those, those foundations bricks that we look at. So the goal for this is ultimately to show you where you were deficient and provide you a path forward. Yeah, And thinking of you as a whole yeah. athlete. Yeah. Mind and body. Not just, am I in the gym? Am I eating right? 
That's amazing. And I don't think it, it's been done. No. And that's the cool thing. That's why we haven't talked so much about her kind of just whatever, but at the same time though, it's an, it's an evolving process of this to get that there. Right. We understand that there is going to be issues and errors and in, in, in all those things, because again, trial and error is how you find what you're looking for. Right. And at least we're doing it. We're stepping outside the box from most apps and trying to go ahead and find something a little bit deeper. And it kind of goes again at the end of the day, though, you know, when we are looking at all this, the foundations that I'm talking about, you know, when you look at oxygen, right? Like we all need oxygen, you know, we need oxygen to breathe. And if we don't, we die. Hydration. We don't stay hydrated. We can die within a few days. Sleep. We know that sleep is a fucking important thing for everybody. And if you I heard a groan, I know. Hmm, rest and, yes. and, and we, we we talk about that right in sleep and it's like you, you, that connects to not just the physical body but also the mental brain portion oh, right yeah absolutely when we talked about that at breakfast or at coffee this morning too right like one night you said you're like i had i slept 12 hours and that's your brain telling you you need fucking sleep right so boom you can go days and months without food let's just be honest right and then movement. That movement can be anything we want it to be. It can be yoga. It can be walking. It can be whatever. But if you're not connecting those things together, like we talked about in terms of the Rubik's Cube, right? And we want the, for the Rubik's Cube to be perfect. And again, it's never perfect, right? We, we can't ever say it's perfect, but the, the analogy we're using, I want that Rubik's Cube to have all colors the same on each side. And that's all we're really doing here with, you know, helping out in terms of Ghost Recon. You know, the breaking point thing when we talk about trying to bring this to the app and bring this to the user. Again, we've always talked about this from the start. That's, that is our, it's our vision. Yeah. Right. And it's, I get this question asked a lot on Instagram. It's like, Hey man, like this is my idea for programming or whatever else. And I explain like, what's your vision? What is your vision of what you're trying to do? Cause if that's the vision, then run with it and take it and and in your position, right? Yeah. You get to your vision. Like they give you some kind of some kind of, they give you some kind of range to stay within. Yeah, of course. But you can go as far as you want with it. Right. And that's kind of one of the things here with us here at Softly is we're going ahead and continue doing that. We understand in human performance and health and wellness that these are the things that we want to go ahead and help increase. Yeah. The sky's the limit with it. And that vision is, is whatever you want to make of it. And a lot of people don't realize they want to go ahead and copy what other people are doing and never really sticking to their vision. It's kind of one of those questions, just hold true to your vision, right? Of what you want in terms of things. And that's, Again, that's art. That's right. amazing. How many, how, how often you encounter people that don't, that, that don't have that clear vision, you know, that don't have the goal sort of concisely in mind. And so they were approaching fitness and wellness from that perspective, you know, of not really having a clear goal or vision. I don't think people know what's possible. I, I, honestly, you're right. Like, yeah. I don't think people do. And what's I found interesting and kind of exciting about soft lead is that it's one of the first efforts I've seen that, that really tries to incorporate all these aspects of wellness, whether it's sort of high level performance, nutrition, rest, movement, uh, mental and emotional sort of wellness and stability, everything ties into your overall wellness, you know, and your performance. And it's one of the first really sort of unique approaches that I've seen that encompasses all of these different facets of your performance and wellness and puts it all in one place, you know, and, and makes it really accessible because like people don't know what, they're capable of people don't know what's possible uh, and finding ways to sort of show them that like, Hey, you can achieve this. You can climb that 14,000 foot peak. You know, you can do that, that century bike ride. You can, you know, there's, 
It's like expose people to what's possible and then show them systematic ways to reach that. And that's really what I'm finding the the softly programming does. Yeah. And like, dude, that's, you know, kind of amazing because so many programs always focus on specific aspects, you know, like just one or two and aren't they're sort of ignoring a lot of the essential elements, you know, yeah. like like emotional wellness, man. Like yeah. it's crazy how important that is to your performance and how often it's overlooked by like high performing training scenarios. <laughs> I think you know? we're, we're, we're gifted all, by uh, all of us have a depth of knowledge about emotional wellness. And I think we're all okay with di diving that deep into it yeah. too, right? Well, which leads us to this next point. Brooke just got back from Moab. I did. Right. Moab. And and that's a cool thing. Again, we're bringing that into Sofit again, right? We push this whole, Hey, die living aspect. Let's go outside and do something. And it's not to sit there and rage 24 seven. It's not the part of it. It's the if you're in a rage twenty four seven, it's going to be physically out in out in nature, <laughs> riding bikes and climbing and doing a whole bunch of fun things, yoga, meditation type stuff. Like, but this isn't it. And that's the cool thing about that, right? Is like you know, like that was your first time going out there. Yeah, that was my first time at a die living event. It was also my first time being out in Moab, which is absolutely incredible. And for a whole week, I wasn't in an office, even though ours is pretty rad. I wasn't in um a gym i wasn't sticking to a program i went out and i lived we got to climb mountain bike which i actually didn't mountain bike because i was really into the hiking out there that was freaking beautiful uh, we got to do meditation with holly Simonoff. she's nice. amazing um so it, it was just really incredible to be around a large group of people that are like-minded everyone was very different there was people from law enforcement background firefighters military, regular people. Uh, and it was really cool to see though, that we kind of had this common bond when it came to this like die living mantra. And the fact that we all wanted to come to Moab experience this like it, nature and these adventure sports and try new things. A lot of people had never done a lot of these things. So that was really cool to watch people push them side themselves outside their comfort zone. That was a really cool experience. How many days was it? Well, the actual event was three days, but everyone, almost everyone came a night early and we got to camp in this cave, which was a really cool experience. Not a lot of sleep. It was really hard to sleep <laughs> in a Snoring cave. Snoring wise or just everyone was talking? Oh, it was like a snore echo chamber. Oh. I like buried myself. Thanks Zach Carbo for the best sleeping bag ever. I like buried myself in this cocoon, like zero degree bag to insulate the snores. And then I was fine. But we got to do all these really cool things that I never would have had the opportunity to do if it wasn't for an event like that. Yeah. Cause I mean, we've gone to the Colorado thing as a company. We've done that when we we're, that was so fun. This was way before how big we are now. I don't know if they'll be able to, that was 2017. It was 17, 2017. It was, uh, yeah, mid, it was mid 2017 that summer. Yeah. And that's, that was when we were like, we should be doing this with like our, our friends who follow our programming. <laughs> when I say friends, cause everyone, it ends up turning into friendships and bonds that you create. Oh, yeah. Like I, I, all those guys that were out there, like we talk, like I talked to them on Instagram, like their friends and Facebook and stuff like that. Like we known each other, men in person, we never have. And then all of a sudden you go to these events and it's like, you guys have known each other for 20 years. Like, can, am, am I wrong about that? Like, yeah, it was really weird at first because I feel like a lot of the times I'm just talking into a mic to my friends or I'm just putting something in a computer, but then to connect with them. And they're like, I've been on the programming and like, this is what I'm doing. And this is how it's helped me. I'm like, Oh shit. And you don't realize how big of an <laughs> impact actually, it is. Yeah. Like we're working. 
And so how, <laughs> how did you feel when you came back from that? I mean, like, was, was it an improvement after a vacation? Yeah, it was definitely, it motivates me more <laughs> because I just realize how, how much people appreciate what we do and how much it means to people. And I always feel like mother nature has a way of putting me in my place. Oh, the universe. And just reminding me to like put the ego aside and it's, so that was a really cool experience. I feel like I came back very refocused and I do feel like I have 25 new best friends. Literally. So, I mean, we'll have another one next year. What do we have going on next year? Do anybody know? There's a bunch in the works. Okay. I don't think we've dropped any yet. We'll I don't know. I don't want to reveal like, Doug's secrets. Yeah, I know. Like if you guys haven't like experienced one of those, like I said, look at it coming up here soon. I've heard rumors of what the next ones are going to be and they sound Ooh. amazing. I haven't got to yeah. go to one at all. Actually, I just saw busy am and everything else like that. So I'm, ex- I'm going to look forward to go to this next one. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I, I did the same thing too. And I don't know if you guys have done it recently and, you know, in terms of taking that full week off of work to be able to refocus. <laughs> My last vacation was in 2011. So I'm going to go ahead. This yeah, is my honeymoon. You, man. I'm pretty sure my last yeah. vacation was it's like a, the last century. So since this yeah. is a f- performance podcast, we're going to go ahead and talk a bit about <laughs> performance and how we can blend this into life as well. Uh, I was having a conversation with my buddy Keegan and everyone, a lot of people listen, we talk about it. I was talking about uh, periodization of life. And me and Brooke talked about this this morning too, because a lot of people don't realize that, hey, like life also needs to be periodized. And, and if... You know, that means some kind of undulation of, you know, working hard and having a deload, working hard and having a deload in your life, right? A lot of people don't do that. Um, we do it in our training. We do it, you know, in our goals that we reach, but we don't do it to ourselves in terms of looking at life, right? When I say life, job, family, all those things, like this, it's okay to do that. I don't think we do that ever. Is it, is it, it, some people can do it once a month. Some people can do it once a year. But I do believe getting out, doing that once a year, disconnecting from every fucking thing and reconnecting with yourself. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I can't. And, and I, you know what? And I, I, think Brooke, I did it. And I, yeah. me and Brooke are going to go ahead and, and I'm going to explain yeah. why it's doable. And, I, and the reason why I'm talking about this is because I did it just recently and it fucking brought a whole no, new. Please, George, teach me. <laughs> it was a total. It was a totally different you know, feeling coming back, I might have unplugged it. Oh, oh it's all right. man. Oh, hang on. Corey got it. Just mark down where we were at. Saved. Oh, no, we're good. Technical good. difficulties, George. We'll go ahead and go ahead. my headphones <laughs> plug out. Sorry. I couldn't hear anything. I, I was mean, lost in the mean, It's all right, guys. You guys, we went to edit that out. There was some crying. There was some, some <laughs> something. But thankfully, it's passed and we survived. We'll move on to it. But going back to the, the periodization of life. Um, you know, what we do in training is we have this two to one pendulum, three to one pendulum, four to one pendulum, five to one pendulum, and a six to one pendulum. If some people like that, um, and that means two weeks on of work, one week off, three weeks on of work, so on and so forth, but we don't do it in life and doing that just recently, you just did it. I just did it. And I did it a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. You did it. Well, you just did, you just did a couple days ago. You, that's what you do in Moab. Uh, well, I didn't do a complete unplug. I did like a total unplug and went on a solo vacation That's right, with correct. no social media, no work computer, wow. no email. Wow. And I'm a workaholic. And I'm you also survived like, this? 
I did. I was very I was anxious. Yeah. You didn't have I any workahol at all? Very, very anxious. She was no, she, yeah. With, so. Withdrawals were a thing. <laughs> it was. It was like, I'm not doing anything right now. And the same thing, like I just got done with a, a retreat called Band of Runners also. And I literally didn't know I was going to be losing service. Hmm. And it was the greatest thing in the world because I hadn't had that in a very long time. I mean, fuck years. Like hmm. I hadn't. I mean, I don't think I've ever taken a vacation with Softly unless I'm going out to go for a race or something like that. But even when I do that, I'm still working. And what I realized from this was that I'm not special and no one cares if I'm gone for five days. <laughs> Straight up. I That's not it's, true. The world uh, will not burn. The world will not burn because you're gone for five days and disconnected to find yourself. That's what I realized. Because hmm. I came back after that and everything was normal, Right. Mama Bear and the baby were great. Girls were good. Work was fine. Everything was ahead. And it was like, cool. I had now had this huge, and the same thing probably with you, this recharge of like life. <laughs> and I was like, fucking let's rock and roll and let's go ahead and do this. You know what? I'm going to be taking a small vacation and don't, don't, uh, don't try and correct me on this because I really need this illusion for what I'm about to go into, but I'm about to have my first child. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to the vacation that is going to be paternity leave, just like staying home <laughs> and taking care of my wife. And, and don't say it's just going to be all work and I'm not going to get any sleep because I know that deep down, but I'm trying to look at it as a vacation. That's what it's going to be. Listen, thank video, you. Video game system. Oh, you know snacks, what? <laughs> That's coffee, a really good call. You're going to be good to go. That's a really, really good call. You can check out the new Death Stranding. Mm. The new what now? Death Stranding. It's the new uh, Kojima game. Oh, it looks amazing. I haven't played it yet. I'm pretty stoked. Is this how you dealt with fatherhood? I have to believe you're somebody's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you know, I've managed to escape uh, sans you know, <laughs> wife or kids. 44 years old, never married, no kids to the best of my knowledge. No, it's uh, living the dream. Mm. <laughs> a meal is it's a, a snack, <laughs> <laughs> and you're the you're the dinner. <laughs> you're the main course there, baby. Mm. Yeah. Does everyone just listen to what I deal with every day? It's awfully. Like, this is what it's welcome like. Welcome to it, guys. I'm glad you guys can give you the experience. But going back to the, like, we'll bring it back into this. Talking about the periodization of life, right? Like mm. you're going to be going through a transition phase, and a transition phase is the same exact thing we go through when you have a full season planned out for an individual in their gym, right? You have your in season phases, you have your off season phases, you have your transitional phases. You're getting ready to go into a transitional phase. Like I, I, I have three girls. I know exactly what and experienced it for the first time on my third. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I got three kids, you know, that's, but it's one of those things where it's like, this is a transition period that you're getting ready to go into having that, having your kid, right? Like the transitional period, because I, I'll be honest, coming out of it the past, it's probably taken 12 weeks now that to really just get back into a normal routine and feel like yourself again. And I think everyone who has kids and so might be like a little bit longer, but yeah, it's that 12 to, you know, six, the three to six months when you start feeling like you're getting this thing back down. So during that transition period of you hanging out at home and playing video games, just be super chill with yourself and being like, okay, cause you're probably gonna be more tired than you think and take advantage of that. Right? Like when the baby goes to take a nap, you take a nap with it. It's just, it's understanding that, that that's transitional phase. I can't yeah. go hard on the paint 24 yeah, yeah, seven, yeah, of course. you know? So it was kind of one of those things where like, you know, I started thinking about that after this disconnect, I was like, Oh, life is just a periodization. That's all it is. Like if you can periodize your life in terms of what you know is coming up, what you can control, guess what? You're going to be able to fucking crush it and, and handle that. Right. Cause now it's like, cool. I just got done with the transition phase of, of life. I'm now going into up generation, right? That's all right. So here's a question though. 
because periodization is essential, but I am one of those people who can't find the justification to take time off. It's unrealistic, and I re- it's also not sustainable. It's hard when and, you like your job. And I get that. Even yeah, when I yeah. don't like my job, I am riddled with guilt and anxiety over taking time off. Even if it's something I know I need, the question is, how do you find that sort of drive to to force yourself to implement periods of rest, periods of disconnect? Like, Because oh, I don't think yeah. I'm the only person that's like that. Well, and dude, probably not even in this room. Well, and when I take time off, I am stressed about missing work, and I cannot figure out how to like leave my computer alone. Exactly. So I, had I, to, I had to uninstall my work apps on no my phone way. and leave my physic like physically leave my iPad, my computer and everything in the United States, go to Puerto Rico to learn how to do this. You know Puerto Rico <laughs> but, but that's again United though, States, right? technically. <laughs> so the first question, well, the answer I happen to have is you just said, you just answered it, doing it, saying fuck it and doing it. Yeah. But doing it in a very responsible manner. Make sure you have everything lined up. And someone told me, because I was getting ready to run, I obviously talked 200 this year, and they're like, hey, if you're going to run 200 miles, because you're going to be moving from anywhere between three to four days, you need to have all your ducks in your row so that you can manage that intensity and that effort of like focusing only on you. Because if stuff back home is messed up or work or whatever else, all those things, then that experience you're about to do is going to go ahead and turn into a negative one. So how to make that a positive one is responsibility is obviously going into it, making sure everything's taken care of and everything at home is that's it. And and the second one is, you know, my answer would, or that's going to be a question is like, why are we, I, I don't, I might, why are you, why are you afraid to take time off? What is, what are you so guilty for? Like, that's the question. Like, why? <laughs> like, okay, now I'm putting the mirror up and being like, no, let's yeah. turn this around being like, why are you that way? Right. Cause like, I can tell you the truth. Like, my why was because I thought I was bigger than what I needed than than what I really was. My ego is what is letting not letting me take my time off because it's like no, you got to do this, you got to do this. Like you talked about, bro, pull the ego out of it. And that's for me. That was that was my why was like no, put the ego down. You're not this this fucking high this 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 person that everyone needs twenty four seven. You know, man. Mm-hmm. F- for me, every day I'm in here, I am always I'm always exposed to so much new stuff, and I'm always learning. You know, every every word that comes out of anybody's mouth in here is new information, and it's really, really, really interesting. So when I'm gone, I always feel like I'm missing out on something. You have, fo- you have work you have FOMO. FOMO. You have work FOMO. <laughs> What's FOMO? Fear of missing out, buddy. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that some, that's Word a feeling. For that. you, that's what you feel. Uh, yeah, and, or to like, an extent. Or if I come back the next day, it, everything is so dynamic around here that I am already like, I'm already missing out on what is what is happening. You yeah. Know? So I, I need to be caught up. So that's. I used to have the same feeling, especially yeah. coming out here all the time. And I learned that, again, by disconnecting, mm-hmm. I realized that, hey, I don't need to be involved in that at that moment. It feels good for me, and it sounds like you're similar. I enjoy being productive. I do. I I like that um, so much. But I realize that if I pause and I'm a little better about work-life balance, I'm actually more productive. And I show up in a better way than if I burn it down all the time, just as if I was working out. Rationally, I understand that. But like... Actually getting myself to accept it because you're right if you take a little time for yourself to recharge you are more productive You're better in the workplace. You're better at home 
but I just, I don't know so, how to get past that weird sort of mental block that, that just keeps telling me like, no, 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 you got, you know, no, don't take the vacation. Just go to work. Even if there's nothing going on, even if it's a slow period, I still have trouble justifying taking the time off and it's, it's unhealthy. And I know that cause I really haven't taken a vacation in years. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, years. like, have you been somewhere just for fun, not for work? No, I have not. I have not it, See, in like six or seven years. And that's and it's terrible. It's crazy. And that's the crazy. So that's another thing, right? Like I have, I can't do it every month or every day that I want to get out or every week. Right. But I, I've now been like, okay, cool. Like with ultra running for me, it's like, all right, I can't run for four hours every single week or so however, because of time I have, but I'm going to dedicate myself to being out for four hours with no phone or have my phone turned on airplane mode and just hike for four hours or run for four hours or whatever the fuck I want to do. And I actually don't approach it as like a training session for the day. Yeah, I actually approach it as like, I'm just out here to move for four hours and that's it. And and then from there, build on top of that. And that's what helped me get to be able to do that disconnect was I got involved in endurance. I started running, doing ultra running. And then all of a sudden this community of band of runners was like, Hey, come out to this retreat to, you know, to help with veterans with PTSD and, and, and trauma of those with it. And then they were going to, it's a disconnect completely to be able to handle that. Right. That's yeah. kind of the idea behind that is it's, it's kind of, again, it's a slow process to get there. And especially from coming from a s six to seven years of not doing it, I wouldn't expect you to go ahead and tomorrow and being like, Hey, I'm going to fucking drop everything and go on a vacation because that's irresponsible. And like we just talked about Right. But if you're like, Hey, in January, I'm going to go ahead and, or even the, this weekend, you're like, fuck it. I'm going to go out for three to four hours by myself with my phone turned off because you know, I mean, do you work on Saturdays? <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm always working on something. Like even when I'm at home on my downtime, I'm working on screenplays. I'm writing. Cool. I'm like all I, and if I don't have work to do, I find myself looking for something that resembles work to do. I know what you're talking about. I've, I've been there too. I've been there too. And it's literally like, all right, cool. Just literally forcing myself to be like, all right, just get outside the door and not even worry about like you can have your phone on you and have your service on or whatever else, but be like, I'm gonna put this time to myself for an hour, and that is it. That is it. Just give yourself an hour. You're like, cool. Let me just go and do an hour of self-time. That means you can fucking go to the gym. That means you put your phone somewhere. You, not even the gym. Go outside and do something you enjoy, right? Like, I don't know. It's 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 going to be different for everybody, I, I feel like, right? But the thing is, though, is not being afraid to do it. I was so afraid to do it. I'm pretty sure Brooke was also. And, like, it, it was literally very, very healing in terms of, like, man, I've worked my ass off for the past fucking however many years and now I'm gonna be able to like re reconnect and recognize that that there was kind of the way I looked at it, right? The same thing with Moab for you and your your trip to what was it, Costa Rica? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Be able to feel that, right? Like it was kind of one of those things. And yeah. what's our ethos? Die living. <laughs> God, I'm so bad about dying living. Oh, <laughs> it's funny, it's like I think we all are sometimes. Yeah. You know, like as much as we love that ethos, we all are hard at doing that sometimes. Yeah. Fuck, the worst thing I ever did was try and do fitness as a living. That was the worst <laughs> thing I ever did for myself. When you owned a gym, you mean? Oh, when I I, I mean like that's the only thing I've ever done was be a professional <laughs> like just coach. Be fit. Yeah, and <laughs> like that's really it's fit, what I enjoy doing. Thanks, buddy. You're so sexy. George teach you how to look at me that way? <laughs> I mean, oh, um, like, I need anyone to teach me that. Uh, just uh, nature you taking and, over, my friend. Dude, you and me need to go on a vacation together. Let's do this. Yeah. 
No, I mean, no phones, no, you know. <laughs> you mean, please do. <laughs> yeah. Just no, one man. small disposable digital camera. Oh, no. <laughs> Why not? What, to take pictures of scenery. We're going to go someplace beautiful. Why would you go right there, Brooke? Landscapes. Because I hear everything else that is said when the mics aren't on mm-hmm. in this office. Yeah, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> so, it's good. No, the, the worst thing I ever did was turn the thing that gets me to unplug and, you know, like, oh, I see find what you're relaxation. Yeah. Worst oh. thing I ever did was turn that into a fucking job, man. Yeah. I've, um, I've had to separate that because everything I get into, it's like I want to become that teacher of it. And it's like, no, why the fuck do I want to become like that educator oh, yeah. in that hobby that I that I love doing? Right. Which I, I should say softly is not like that because I don't specifically, you know, like what I do here is not specific. We have job titles, coaching. but I, they change every single day. Oh, yeah. So like that's just kind of I don't have a job title. Don't worry, neither do I we. I want yeah. one. I have, but I it have better a be a really card. good one. We'll like, it better be this. cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, right? Is like that's the cool part about this is that, like, hey, like realistically, it's like cool. I'm not going to tie my identity into this to turn into a living to make money. Like, I, I've found photography again. I used to do it younger when I was in the military a lot. I found it again, but I only now I'm doing just film. I just want to do film. That's my hmm. that's my personal uniqueness to like myself. Pretty sure there's plenty of fucking people out there who do film. And photography, I don't want to teach people how to do it. I don't want to sell my images. I don't. Sixty percent wanna... of the people in this room are into film and photography. hundred percent, right? <laughs> like sixty percent of people are in here. Like do that shit. And it's kind of one of those things where it's just an, another way of being creative. But it's a hobby that I like to do. I luckily get to be creative in terms of writing programs and coaching athletes and doing that as my living. I enjoy that. Yeah. But I also enjoy taking photos, and I enjoy riding bikes and I enjoy doing these different things. And I think that's the, is being finding using one thing that you truly love and try and turn into your passion and something you work for, right? Like that's something like we all have that and then have those hobbies on the side that if I wanted to, I could go there and try and make it a profession, but it probably wouldn't put me where I'm at today. And that's just being completely fucking honest with yourself, right? Like, you know, like a meal, like your main thing is fucking screenwriting and doing that cool shit. And then your hobbies also help part of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've managed to find a weird, like, sort of balanced intersection of all of my training and education and experience. Like, it's really – and, you know, writing on a first-person shooter game was the culmination of all of that because yeah. I was – you know, I was writing. I was utilizing all of my experience in the military and my tactical knowledge and, like, your knowledge of fitness and, well, like, everything tied in. And it's not to say that every project that I write or shoot has the same level of involvement of like all the different avenues. But yes, I, I've managed to find ways to to start making a living doing all the things that I sort of learned how to do along the way. And bear in mind, like, it's not like this has been my sort of life kind of trajectory. I, I spent many, many, many years sort of aimlessly meandering through different kind of experiences trying to figure out exactly where I yeah. could fit. But I just sort of followed my nose and it took me to the military and then, you know, I had worked in film and I wanted to get back into it. So I was back as a crew member, like gripping electric. And I was like, man, I'm going to go to school. And somehow it all managed to work out. And I, the fact that like, I'm super lucky is not lost on me. Uh, but I think, you know, all of us have managed to find a place in our lives where these different avenues are all intersecting in a way that's both like personally satisfying and professionally satisfying, yeah. you know, which is it's an outlet in a positive way. Yeah, and it's pretty, pretty cool. Man, I've never thrived like this, finding myself at a company who is able to use all of my talents and yeah. challenge me to, you know, better, better my skill set. It's been unreal. Yeah, the most prominent 
talent of yours, of course, being glistening with sweat. <laughs> I was just getting my foot in the under door. Under hot lights. Yeah. <laughs> Corey's, Corey, Corey, you're going to be taking a lot of photos of him. And we didn't, we'll, we'll we talk about do. that. We'll we talk about that. Do. Corey, I think you're going to be our next show. We're going to do that for sure. We have another fancy one coming up here soon too. I hope, I hope this comes out before that one. Let's make sure it does. Yes. We got a really good one for you guys. We won't spill the beans. <gasps> what is it? But do keep your eye out and ear out, actually, eye out, ear out for Corey's podcast that we'll do with him and how he's utilized what he does for a living as his profession, his outlet of, of being in a metal band, and how he's tied fitness into all of it. Because this is the Softly Performance Podcast. <laughs> dun, dun. dun dun. All right, guys. That is it for the day. Unless anybody else has anything else to conversate, but I can keep going if you guys want. <laughs> Cricket. I, I need to. I need to save the words that I have stored in my brain for other podcasts. Yeah, there's so few available yeah. for expression. You know, <laughs> don't, don't want to just throw it all out there now because then what do we talk about next week? There's <laughs> no a lot kidding. of weird, awkward silences. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Bye bye. Later's from the Softly Crew. Late.